Rad's Own Totality, The Rules Published by DR Games in 2022 Created by Toby Lancaster The world faces a terrible apocalypse. Without warning, the sun's radiation spiked to alarming levels and under this relentless and deadly barrage, humanity succumbed. People fell ill and millions died, Populations moved underground into fortified rad bunkers as the sun pushed people deeper into the darkness. Many plants and animals perished and society collapsed. Food and clean water were rationed until people began to starve and martial law was replaced by irradiated outlaws and bandits who roamed the surface looking for some means of survival. Rad Zone Totality is a roll-and-write, print-and-play game for one to two players set in a harsh future where you manage a group of survivors. They live in a rad bunker and strive to keep their home stocked with food, water, medical supplies, fuel, equipment and raw materials. Those survivors who are more capable must go on dangerous missions and salvage these much-needed items from nearby locations at the same time evading bandits who roam the land in their radiation-induced craze. On top of this, survivors must be careful to avoid taking a dangerous dose of radiation. Radzone Totality is the expanded version of the original game Radzone and includes many new rules. Both versions are compatible with the game sheets. What you need in order to play. Radzone Totality uses a D6 six-sided dice system. You need at least three dice of three different colours in order to play. You will also need a pencil and a razor and to print out the sheets or copy them from the rulebook. These include the Rad Bunker roster, an episode sheet, character cards, journey charts and location sheets. Books of episode sheets can be picked up on our website. Gameplay Rad Zone Totality was originally designed as a solo player game which revolves around a series of printable sheets. Two player rules have been added after the solo player rules, but you will need to read these core rules first. These sheets are adjusted and updated while your characters are on mission. A mission sees one of your people head out to salvage resources for their bunker. A game session is played using a new character or one selected from the Rad Bunker roster. This roster will contain previously played characters who survived their mission. They will be experienced and consequently will have additional useful traits. The usual policy of the bunker is to send one person at a time in order to limit the level of radiation poisoning within the survivor population, as well as reduce casualties. The order of play is as follows. 1. Select or generate a character. 2. Fill out your episode sheet. 3. Journey to the city. 4. Explore as many locations as you need to or can. 5. Journey back to the bunker. We will run through the solo player rules first. Your aim and victory conditions. Rad's own totality is split up into campaigns representing a period of time. You play out a campaign that can have up to 10 episodes, as shown on the Rad Bunker roster. Episodes are designed to be spread out as separate sessions at the tabletop. You, in effect, 
return to a group of hardy survivors to continue their story, like turning on an episode of a good TV show set in a harsh, post-apocalyptic future. There are two ways to win a campaign. You can either increase your survivor count to 20 or survive 10 episodes. Surviving the campaign means the number of survivors in your bunker never reaching zero. You can gain survivors while on missions or lose them by failing missions. You can also pick up survivors while on the journey to or from the city. There is a clear divide between survivors and characters, explained in more detail later. Characters are more durable but less dependable and, if the bunker fails, will move on to another. Rad Bunkers Rad Bunkers are underground bunkers to which survivors have fled and made their home. This is the small colony of terrified people who are trying to survive the apocalypse. The bunkers are insulated from the sun's radiation but are poorly supplied. There are two types of people in your bunker. You have your characters, whom you generate or select each time you play. Their numbers do not, for victory purposes, add to the survivor total. Do not add them to the survivor box count. These people are fighters, hardy sorts who are able to go on missions. Then you have survivors. These are the less capable citizens, but still important for helping to save humanity. For example, children, the elderly and those with illness as well as those with specialist skills that cannot be lost to humanity. Every time you head out there is a good chance you will attract and find new survivors who want to join your bunker. Although these new people cannot go on missions as discussed above, they will contribute to your victory goal. You will keep track of your characters in the character boxes on the Rad Bunker roster. You will also update your number of survivors here in the survivor box. Remember that when you reach 20 survivors or manage to complete 10 episodes you will have won the campaign. Failing to complete a single mission does not mean you have failed the entire campaign. You can only generate or select a maximum of 10 characters per campaign. You may reuse the ones that survive missions, allowing for trait progression. If a character dies, cross them off your Red Bunker roster. Chapter 1 Setting up the episode sheet Each mission revolves around an episode sheet. This contains character information which you will need to keep track of and you will also have to enter some information before you begin. For your first session write Season 1 Episode 1 in the episode box. These episode sheets are one of the main focuses during gameplay and will be adjusted as the player explores different locations and keeps a record of in-game events. You are creating an episode in the life of your character, detailing a series of events which will make up a story of the mission. The different sections on the sheet are as follows. Character card. The character card is placed on the episode sheet in the central blank space. This can be stuck down as you can print out a new one next time. There are many character sheets available for Rad Zone Totality. Many are found at the back of the book. The character card shows a snapshot of the person, their name, traits and afflictions, as well as their companion and fable dice. In Radzone Totality, the players do not have statistics. Instead, all the survivors have an innate hardiness which has brought them this far. They do have traits, though, that affect gameplay. 
If you're creating your own character, fill this in with one trait before you start your journey. See generating traits below. Along with this, they have an afflictions box. This is best kept blank if possible. You do not need to add one of these if you are creating a new character. When creating your own character, fill out one of the blank character cards. Give your character a name or pick one from the random names table below. Sometimes survivors have come to be known by nicknames, leaving their old names behind. Generating traits. There are two occasions when you roll to add a trait to a character. Either when you are creating a new character, as discussed previously, or when you successfully complete a mission. If you are using one of the pre-generated characters, you do not need to roll for a trait when you first set out on a mission. The process is as follows. First roll on the Traits subcategories table, and then select a specific trait from this subcategory section on the table below. The choice is yours. Write this on the character card. Each character will gain a new trait if they complete a mission successfully. Roll again and add it to the character on the bunker roster. Record all your characters, dead or alive, here. Limited Expeditions A character can only go out on two consecutive missions before having to take a break for one episode. This is due to the sustained exposure to the sun's radiation. A new character will need to be generated or selected for episode 3 if your first character survived the first two missions. Fable Dice Each character has an area for Fable Dice. These represent an aspect of the character luck or chance. Maybe when the tables turn or the character re-examines the situation and changes it up. These moments become an important part of the story, but also represent the fact that these survivors have something extra because they've survived the terrible initial months of the disaster. Fable dice can be used to re-roll the result of any die roll in any situation, but the resulting second roll has to be kept. You cannot use two Fable dice on the same action. Fable dice can only be used once and then are crossed off permanently. They do not regenerate after missions or campaigns. Your character's luck is running out. If you are generating your own character, roll one die, and the result determines how many fable die your character has. Draw that many squares in the box. Companions. Companions are rare in game and somewhat unusual. Anything living is scarce in the irradiated world above the bunker, especially animals, and a few that survive are not necessarily your typical pet. They are far keener to find a master than they would have been previously. There are six types of companions. Dogs, hawks, foxes, lynx, horses and ferrets. For some reason, this selection of animals has proven to be more adaptable. They naturally bring benefits to your character and will open up new options in the mission but may only be taken on missions by their master and no other character in the bunker. Companions require no actual in-game maintenance, have learned to scavenge for themselves and live in the bunker with a the character. They are recorded on the character card that is stuck to the episode sheet and on the rad bunker roster under their specific master. There is a chance that companions may die. If this happens, then cross them off the character card. Dogs 
When you gain a dog companion, add one Fable die to your character, unless you selected a pre-generated character who starts with a dog, and give it a name. Dogs allow you to increase your chance of finding items on your searches. You may add one to your search rolls when at a location. You may use dogs in combat evasion, but there is a risk they could be killed. If you choose to use your dog in combat evasion, follow the dog option on the combat evasion table. Hawks. When you gain a hawk companion, add one fable die to your character, unless you selected a pre-generated character who starts with a hawk, and give it a name. Hawks are used to distract bandits in combat evasion, but there is a risk they could be killed. If you choose to use your hawk in combat evasion, follow the hawk option on the combat evasion table. On the journey home, gain one food as the hawk has been hunting for you. Foxes. When you gain a fox companion, add one fable die to your character. Unless you selected a pre-generated character who starts with a fox and give it a name. Foxes are naturally good at sensing hot spots of radiation and help the character navigate such hazards. Characters take less radiation damage on the journey to and from the city. Ignore one radiation icon. Lynxes. When you get a lynx companion, add one fable die to your character, unless you selected a pre-generated character who starts with a lynx, and give it a name. Lynxes are great hunters and have heightened awareness and can help you avoid bandits. Cross off one bandit icon on your journey to and from the city. If you choose to use your links in combat evasion, follow the links option on the combat evasion table. Horses. When you gain a horse companion, add one fable die to your character, unless you selected a pre-generated character who starts with a horse, and give it a name. Horses naturally enable you to travel much more quickly so it takes no time to travel between the bunker and city, even if you have an affliction. Horses must stay outside buildings, and this leaves them vulnerable even though you attempt to conceal them. Time spent searching may result in their loss. You will be alerted of this in the text. Ferrets When you gain a ferret companion, add one fable die to your character, unless you selected a pre-generated character who starts with a ferret and give it a name. If you roll a 1 on the peril table, you can send the ferret up the vines and it drags the bag free so that it topples down. Gain one food. Ferrets can also distract bandits and there is no risk of them being killed, but they are less effective than hawks. If you choose to use your ferret in combat evasion, follow the ferret option on the combat evasion table. Companion Mutant Traits when you gain a companion, there is a chance he will have a mutant trait. Roll a die. If you roll a 5 or 6, then roll on the companion mutant trait table below and write the trait in the companion box under the companion's name. These mutant traits can affect some in-game actions, including combat evasion, and are also referenced in the search matrix. You can have up to two companions if the character should be lucky enough to find more than one, but not more than one of the same type. If you should stumble upon another one of the same type, then it will not join your character, even if it says in the description, do not add it to the character card. Missions are determined randomly, details of which are written on the episode sheet, 
so you can follow them in game. Roll twice using the mission inbound table to find out what the mission is and which resources are needed to successfully complete it. The character is returned to the Rad Bunker roster if they return safely from the mission, at which point their resources are added up. If a mission is successful, the survivors suffer no consequences. Also, add any new equipment or weapons to the equipment lockup. This can be taken and used by any character on future missions. Remember, characters can only go on two consecutive missions after which they must take a break for one mission. Very difficult missions. Rather than doing a normal mission, you can choose to do a very difficult mission instead and up the ante. You can take a side mission during a very difficult mission as well. Roll on the very difficult missions table below. Failed missions. If your character either returns without the items required to complete the mission or dies while on the mission, then the mission has been failed. There are consequences for the base as morale drops and fear takes hold. Refer to the mission details to see how many survivors flee the Rad Bunker. Some missions, if failed, will also require you to lose an item from your equipment lockup. If you have none in there, then you cannot do so. But if you do, including ones you've just picked up on your current mission, then choose it randomly. Do not forget to add the character to the Rad Bunker sheet, even if they die on a mission. You are only allowed to generate a total of 10 characters in a campaign session. Also remember to cross off the required number of your survivors if you fail the mission. Once a mission has been completed, you cannot do that one again in the same campaign. Next time you roll it, roll again or pick the one next on the list. Spare resources. You will often find that you have spare resources. If the mission was successful, these are consumed in the evening celebration. If you failed the mission, then for every four spare resources, you get to retain one of the fleeing survivors as they are placated by the abundance and decide to stay after all. Side missions. You can also decide to take a side mission if you want to make your session just that bit trickier, but also potentially more rewarding. After rolling for your main mission, roll on the side missions table and then also write this in the mission section on the episode sheet. Failing side missions might have consequences. Once a side mission has been completed, you cannot do that one again in the same campaign. Next time you roll it, roll again or pick the next one on the list. Persuasion notes. These are the result of small deals struck with bunker survivors or occasionally they can be found in game. To gain a persuasion note, it is important to match the required item text to the search matrix description. For example, if you need to find wood, then the raw material discovered must be described as wood in the matrix text. Persuasion notes come into effect if the side mission is completed successfully. They represent leverage over a situation because you have discovered something useful for the bunker or for the particular survivor who set the task. They can be used only if the main mission fails and have the result that one of the fleeing survivors is persuaded to stay, reducing the total loss by one. You can only have one persuasion note at any time. When you find the specific item that the mission refers to, write persuasion note success in the mission section so you can see on the episode sheet that you completed the side mission and can then apply it 
if the main mission fails. If you complete the task for the persuasion note and also the main mission, then the note has no effect as there is no need to persuade the person to stay. The persuasion notes act as backup for failed missions and once the next mission comes around they are obsolete and do not carry over. Basically, if you fail your main mission, you get to keep one survivor if you have a persuasion note. The resources used to complete persuasion notes cannot then count towards the main mission as well. Confirming rumours. The survivors not only need supplies, but also news from the surface. There is not a huge amount to do down in the bunker, so any news, updates or gossip is golden for the people and the morale. They need to feel hope or just sense that they know what is going on above. There are nine main rumours that are talked about in the bunker. If any of them can be confirmed through your character's experiences above ground, survivors are happy to go with fewer resources. For every rumour confirmed during a mission, cross off one of your target mission's resources. For example, if you need to gather for food for the mission objective, but you manage to confirm a rumour, then you will only need three food to complete it successfully. Crossing off a resource can be done at the end of the mission, so is not resource specific. There is a section on the episode sheet where you will make a note of any rumour confirmed. Rumours to confirm. Blackbeard. A tall man with a large black beard is rumoured to be roaming the city helping people. Two-headed dog. A mutant dog is supposedly alive and terrorising survivors. Seems unlikely though. Signs of government. Any indication that order is being restored would bring peace of mind. Feral children. A horrible thought, but apparently parentless children roam the darker places on the surface. Mutant being. A man raked by mutations due to long-term exposure stalks the abandoned buildings. Other survivors. Hope will also spring from the thought of other survivors out there creating new settlements. Shadowy figure. A mysterious figure has been spotted. There is much speculation about this person. Who are they and why do they seem unaffected by the radiation? Kamal the Crazed. Apparently there is a new leader of the Splashheads. Recovery signs. Dare they say it, but someone is suggesting... There are signs of nature fighting back against the radiation. Deadly sermons. It has been said that the quarantine denizen hold religious sermons in the open sun despite the danger. You can confirm rumours multiple times. Each occasion it seems the rumour is even more likely to be true for the survivors in the rad bunker. Radiation slide. Your radiation contamination levels are measured on the radiation slide on the episode sheet. You start with zero, but events, while on mission, may see you exposed to dangerous levels of radiation. If it slides to 10 points, then you have been overexposed. As a result, you must roll on the irradiated shock chart, see below. Particular events will increase your radiation levels. Moving through irradiated squares at locations is the most common example, but you may be prompted through in-game text to add points to the slider. If the radiation level does not reach 10 during the mission and the character returns safely, they will recover back to zero, ready for future missions if you should choose to pick them. Radiation levels can never go below zero. Extra Vigilant Doubles 
As you explore the irradiated buildings, your character is extra vigilant, conscious that this is a life or death situation for the bunker. Consequently, you have your extra vigilant doubles on the episode sheet. This section shows four blank dice, into which you write four numbers between one and six. You choose the numbers, and numbers can be repeated. For example, you could select four threes if you so desired. If you roll any of these numbers as doubles during your radiation scans, see more on this below, then cross that number off the dice. If, during your mission, you should manage to cross them all off, then roll on the table SWS1 in the search matrix. Once this happens, select four new numbers and start the cycle again as you still maintain your vigilance. Timeline. Each mission has a time limit of 24 hours because any longer would mean overexposure to the high radiation levels in the air and that would be extremely dangerous. On the episode sheet is a timeline on which you count down how many hours you have left in game. Place a token on 24 or use a pencil and cross them out as you go. You might receive instructions in game to take hours off the timeline by moving your counter downwards or crossing more out. But there are particular events in game that will eat up your valuable time. The list below shows you which events will cause the clock to tick down. Remember to take these off the timeline yourself as there will be no prompt. Obviously these are in-game hours and not actual playtime. In the first 12 hours, 24 to 13, time penalties are as follows. Every time you roll to search in a location it takes one hour. The journey to and from the city takes two hours. Travelling between search locations takes one hour. The daylight stretch. You head out as night falls, but the day breaks 12 hours later. Radiation levels rise and you need to take extra precautions to stay out of the sun in order to reduce radiation exposure. Consequently, travelling takes longer in the daylight. When setting up your episode sheet, colour in red the number 12 on the timeline. This is an indicator and will serve to remind you that you have entered the daylight stretch from hour 12 to hour 1 and need to apply the following. In the second 12 hours 12 to 1 time penalties are as follows. Every time you roll to search in a location it takes 2 hours. The journey from the city takes 2 hours. Travelling between search locations takes 2 hours. If the timeline reaches zero, then the character is out of time. They now enter the mutation zone, the grisly depths of the timeline. For every hour you face beyond the 24, roll on the irradiated shock chart. Note, these search times do not apply to the journey charts. Irradiated shock chart. There are some unpleasant consequences to being exposed to high levels of radiation. There are two reasons why you may end up rolling on the irradiated shock chart. When your radiation slide reaches 10 or your timeline reaches 0. If your radiation slide reaches 10, roll on the irradiated shock chart. When you do so, reduce your radiation level by 2, taking it back down to 8. You've suffered the consequences of exposure and are on the edge. If your radiation level goes up to 10 again, add plus 1 to your next die roll on the irradiated shock chart. Adjust the character sheet according to the description under the resulting condition. 
Carry on adding one for each additional roll on the irradiated shock chart until you reach plus five, at which point the character will die due to the radiation exposure, if they have not died already. If you spend too much time outside the bunker and the timeline falls to zero, then you have entered the mutation zone on the chart. Things are not looking good. You have more than likely entered a cycle of radiation sickness for which there is no cure. Roll on the irradiation shock chart and add plus one to the irradiation slide. While still in the mutation zone, after every additional two hours you endure, roll again on the irradiated shock chart and add plus one to the radiation slide. Write this result in the mission section on your episode sheet. If at any point your radiation level rises to 10 and you are in the mutation zone on the timeline, then the character automatically dies. There may also be additional long-term afflictions gained from the exposure. Roll on the afflictions table below if the irradiation shock chart indicates to do so. You can have a series of afflictions and survive, but they become a permanent addition to the character with a couple of exceptions noted in the text. When you gain an affliction, you also add the intense pain affliction for the rest of that mission only. Of course, you may choose to leave a character in the rad bunker if they've returned with an affliction, as it might be too risky to take them out again. Do not forget to plan ahead when it comes to your radiation level. Try not to receive too high a dose in one location when there are other places to explore and more resources to gather. Equipment. A new character starts with one piece of equipment. Roll on the starting equipment table Reference the equipment list to find out what bonuses you are awarded, and then write this on the episode sheet under Equipment. Also, add a large backpack, a radiation detector, rad armor, and a gas mask. This is the standard kit the characters are sent out with. Your character might find more items in-game, so add them to your equipment box when this happens. Equipment list. There will be several item types found in-game, each giving the character a unique benefit. They can also be lost or taken, and the number of items carried plays a part in evading bandits. Sometimes a circumstance will mean you lose equipment in-game as a result of an encounter. Adjust your equipment box accordingly. Select a random item and remove it. Your base equipment you start with, large backpack, torch, radiation detector, rad armor, and gas mask, is unaffected by these losses, as they are more securely attached to your body. Gathered resources. There is also a section for gathered resources. Anything you salvage in-game is recorded here. When you've hit your mission target, make the triumphant return home to the bunker. One type of resource is medical supplies. You can use one of these per location to remove one radiation point, but must then delete that used medical supply from your gathered resources. Journey boxes. There are two boxes, one entitled Journey To and the other Journey From. In each of these, stick a random journey chart. How these are used is explained next. Chapter 2. The Journey to the City Your gameplay session continues with the journey to the city. Once there, you can explore locations and hopefully fulfill your mission within 24 hours. Travelling there can be dangerous, as there are crazed bandits wandering the streets hunting down vulnerable survivors. Some of these are known as Radheads and others as the Scrag. On your episode sheet, 
you will have stuck down two journey charts. The top one is the first you will use and this graphically represents your journey to the city. There are several icons on the journey chart. You start at the green arrow which represents your survivor and move from left to right across the grid. You move one square per turn including diagonally colouring the square you are on as you go to mark your passage. The other icons on the grid are called event icons. When your current square comes into an event icon's vertical line, count how many squares up or down you are away from it. If your character is seven squares away from it or more, then you avoid rolling to trigger the encounter, although some you are going to want to trigger. If your character is six squares or closer, then you must check if you have triggered the event icon. Write in the numbers vertically up or down, up to the event icon. If you roll any of these numbers, then you have avoided the event. If you roll equal to or over the distance, then you must follow the corresponding instruction, a list of which is below. The closer you are to the event icon, the higher the chance of triggering it. If you are in the square next to it, or on the event icon itself, then you will automatically trigger it. There can be two event icons on a vertical line, and if they are in range, roll for both, even if one is in front of the other. If there are two buildings in corner contact, you cannot move between them through this corner contact point. Survivor icons. Even though you've found a survivor, it is not always the case that they want to risk it with you, and they might decide not to join your bunker. Roll on the found survivor table below when you trigger a survivor icon. Peril icons. When you trigger a peril icon on your journey to or from the city, you must roll on the table below. You will be presented with a scenario and it is up to you if you want to take the risk, having assessed your chances and the potential rewards. Moving up and down on the same vertical line. You can move a maximum of three squares on the same vertical line up or down. Colour these in once encountered, but you will trigger an event icon once within range unless it is behind a structure. Once three are coloured in, you must move forward, continuing left to right within the grid box. You can never trigger the same icon more than once. You cannot move backwards. Once you have encountered up to three squares on one column, you must move forward. Combat evasion. Some survivors, known as radheads or bandits, live in poorly insulated buildings on the surface and roam the abandoned landscape looking for people to ambush. They are hardy sorts who cohabit in small dispirited groups driven to desperation by their conditions. Rather than physically fighting, you need to employ a strategy to evade them. It is just too risky to face these radheads in one-on-one -on -one combat not just because of exposure, but also because they are tough, hardy and difficult to take down. If you have to evade combat, the first thing you need to check is whether or not you have any equipment that may help in the situation. For example, firecrackers and talking dolls are single-use items that allow you to avoid the encounter. Camo nets have two uses. Once you trigger a bandit icon on the journey chart in order to evade the combat, select one from the list below and follow the instructions. Any additional time taken during combat evasion is added to the normal two hours it takes to get to or from the city. Adjust your timeline accordingly. Traits may modify this though, and having a horse companion will reduce travel time.
Once you make it to the furthest column on the right of the journey chart, you arrive at the city. Proceed to Chapter 3 and start searching locations. Chapter 3 Locations Exploring locations is the main focus of Radzone Totality. Each location is presented as an isometric drawing on a separate sheet of paper. You will move the character around the location, possibly encountering radiation while scavenging for resources at key points on the map. These are highlighted on the map and are known as search areas and have a reference attached. This is the table number the players must roll on. These search areas represent a space in the building that could potentially hide something of use for your mission. Two types of maps. Radzone Totality is totally compatible with the original Radzone maps, which are also included in this version of the game. There are also larger maps that come anew with Radzone Totality. These can be used in solo play and are recommended for use in two-player games. Larger maps. The new larger maps that feature in Radzone Totality are designed to provide further options. One, you can increase the amount of time at one location. With the new time restrictions, this can benefit the player as well as provide new routes around hazardous radiation areas. Two, two entry points. You can choose which entry to go in by. You can also come out and go in by the other entrance, which is especially handy if you find your previous entry blocked. 3. Double doors. These give you the chance to scan two squares in front of the door rather than the usual one. See below. This increases the chance of entering the building without taking a radiation hit. 4. The larger maps are also recommended for two-player games, but simply adding a second entrance to the smaller maps can also work in the two-player mode. These larger maps can be printed out on double-sized paper which is what we recommend, but they also work on letter-sized paper. These maps are also provided in halves, so you can copy them and stick them together. Search areas. Every time a character moves onto a search area, you will look up and roll on the correlating search matrix code. The code is provided on the location map as a series of letters and a number. There are ways of tipping the result of a search in your favor. Check your traits and equipment. Some will give you modifiers to your search roles. There are also afflictions that deduct from your search roles. These are recorded on the episode sheet. Types of resources. There are six types of resources in Radzone. Food, water, medical supplies, fuel, equipment and raw materials. Your mission will specify what resources you need for the base and the amount you need to find in order to complete it successfully. Rolling on the search matrix will sometimes result in one of these resources being found. They come in units that you record on your episode sheet. It's recommended that you record what you've found straight away, even if other things are happening, because it's easy to forget once you have moved on. Setting up NPC spaces. The people in Radzone Totality are desperate survivors, taking on a number of guises. Some are twisted by their terrible fate, while others hold out hope for humanity. They all resort to whatever must be done to find food and water though. Many have been corrupted and their morals compromised and they consider their actions justifiable if it means they survive the harsh irradiated world. You will run into strangers while on a mission and there will be a variety of outcomes. There is a chance that you will find up to three people inside the location you are about to explore. Non-player character placement. Before you enter a location, Roll on the NPCs present table below. 
Encounters with NPCs can be risky, but also beneficial. The result from the NPCs present table indicates how many people are in the building before you enter. They may be doing a number of things such as searching, hiding out, laying a trap or wandering aimlessly in a ray haze. Next, you'll need to place these strangers. To do so, select a search area in the building and roll on the table below. You can only have one NPC per search area. Feel free to select placements further into the building in areas you think you might avoid if that is your strategy or place them nearer the entrance if you want to encounter them. Place the capital letter N in the square that the table indicates and colour it green. The radiation levels in this space are safe as indicated by the presence of an NPC in this square. If your roll takes you out of the room, into a wall or onto a pre-generated radiation space, then either roll again or place the N on the nearest square. This example shows a roll of three and then two. The player places an N in the box two squares east of the search location from the RTS6 search area. NPC trigger zones. For each N you have placed, you will need to add a trigger zone around it. Areas which when entered alert the NPC of your presence. Roll one die and consult the trigger zone size table. Highlight the trigger zone parameter by drawing it as a red line. Walls may restrict the box parameter so simply draw it up to the wall where it will stop. If your character should enter the NPC trigger zone then they roll on the NPC encounter table. See section before the search matrix. The placement of the NPC trigger zone may mean that encountering it cannot be avoided either through navigating the radiation or trying to get to the search location. If this is the case, it is up to you as to whether you keep clear of the area altogether. If you should enter a trigger zone when exploring the location, then the NPC is alerted to your presence and you must roll on the NPC encounter table. Once this happens, cross out the N square as you cannot encounter it for a second time and ignore the rest of the trigger zone. Moving through the map. Firstly, enter at the door with the green arrow which takes you onto the first tile. Characters move one square per turn. Please note, this includes diagonal movement. You are moving carefully through an irradiated structure so before you move forward you must scan the three squares directly in front of you to find out their radiation levels. The character has their radiation detector with them for this very purpose. But importantly, you do not have to move into these scanned areas, with the exception being when moving through a doorway. You can go backwards and retrace your steps if you want, avoiding high levels of radiation as an alternative path may be safer. Any scanned areas remain as they are. Spaces cannot be rescanned. Dice order. It is important to select your dice order. On the location sheet, there are three dice at the top right-hand corner of the map. Colour or label these so they match your own dice. This is the order or sequence in which they must be read. Now when you scan for radiation and roll all three dice together, you know which tiles to colour and in what order. Scanning for radiation. Firstly, choose a direction of travel, then the three squares directly in front of you there may only be one or two in some instances, are scanned, revealing three possible outcomes for each square. To do this, roll a die for each square. 
On a one to two, color the square green. It is free of radiation and safe to walk into. On a three to four, color it yellow. Here, you must be quick as the space has low levels of radiation. But if you pass through two consecutive yellows, you pick up one point of radiation. If you pass through yellow into red, you also receive just one point. On a five to six, color the square red. You can pass through here, but the radiation levels are such that you will pick up one point of radiation straight away. Adjust your episode sheet accordingly and note if there are any consequences. To move forward, pick one of these newly scanned squares to move on to. Of course, you can also change your direction and go another way. Go backwards or choose a new square to scan as long as you are adjacent to it. You cannot change an already scanned square to another color. Gradually, as you move through the building, you will reveal the radiation heat map, a colorful display of green, yellow, and red that shows safe and dangerous areas. Scanning directly ahead. It is important to note here that you cannot scan directly across more than one tile, as the result will reveal the radiation level of a space beyond your movement range. The center of the tiles you scan must be directly ahead of you. Passing through a door. When passing from one room to another, you must naturally use the doors marked on the location map. When you do this, you can only scan the square directly ahead, so it can be risky entering through a door. On larger maps, there are double doors, which allow you to scan the two squares beyond the double doors, giving you an option of two spaces to enter through. This makes entering in through double doors naturally less risky. Walls in the way. If you are up against the wall, stop your scanning there. You cannot scan the other side of the wall. Keep the dice order the same, but you will only need to roll the first two dice as there are only two squares. Pre-colored tiles. In some locations, you might find tiles that have already been colored in. These represent part of the narrative of the location. They are either safe or dangerous zones that you may need to navigate. When you move, if you face a tile that is already being colored in, either as described or by yourself, then keep that one as it is and roll for the others. The tile that has already been colored in does not add to the resulting total of filled in squares. So encountering these spaces does not result in a roll on the high or low levels tables see below. This is even the case if all three end up being either green or red. If you encounter the highly irradiated substance known as toxic orange, follow the in-game text instructions. It will mean that additional squares in the room you discovered it in will be coloured in yellow, for the mere presence of the toxic orange raises radiation levels in a space. It may be that you have to colour up to three random squares in yellow. These newly discovered squares remain yellow and cannot be rescanned. Low and high levels. If you roll three green tiles while scanning, then you need to make an additional roll on the low levels table that can be found on the location map and is specific to that location. If you roll three red tiles, then you need to roll on the high levels table, which is also on the location sheet. These feature additional events that can affect the character and the radiation levels in the building. Each map has its own set of low and high level tables and you will find that some have more extreme results depending on the type or state of the location. Remember to check for extra vigilant doubles. See chapter 1.
When you roll doubles while scanning locations, it may result in one of your doubles being crossed off on the episode sheet, taking you closer to finding the right resources for your mission. Backtracking. It is worth highlighting that you do not have to move forward through red squares unless it is the first square through a door and you want to go through into the space. For example, if there are no other doors into the room. Instead, you can backtrack and scan from a green or yellow coloured square. Remember, you can only take 10 points of radiation before there are consequences. Escaping the location. To leave the building, you do not have to retrace your steps along the way you came. Instead, once you have finished, make your way to the nearest external wall, even on second or third levels as you can climb down the outside. Once there, you automatically find a window, leave the structure, and can either continue to the next location or journey home depending on your mission status. Selecting locations. You can search as many locations as you like. Select new locations from your supply, but you are limited by time and your radiation levels. Remember, the aim is to fulfill your mission by gathering the right resources. If you cannot, then your bunker will face the consequences, but this will also happen if your character dies. Depending on how many location sheets you have, you may find yourself returning to the same building type. Simply print out another copy. You will find that each time you explore a location, the resulting heat map and search results will be very different. Modifiers box. Each character has a trait or two, or maybe more depending on how experienced they are. These traits may affect your search or how you interact with the location. Make a note of these in the modifier box on the map so it is easier to remember and is directly to hand. For example, dog companions add one to your search roles on tables where modifiers can be added. So, you would write plus one to searches in the modifier box and hopefully this will help you remember this handy bonus. Triple number bonuses. In all locations, when scanning, if you roll a triple number that is listed in the triple numbers box at the bottom of the location sheet, then you will gain a benefit. It represents a lucky find or an in-game event that is unique to that map. They are always beneficial, so keep an eye on your triples. Healing when in a location. When in a location, you may use up to one medical supply and heal one radiation point. That medical supply is crossed off and cannot be used towards the mission goal. You can do this as many times as you like, as long as you have enough medical supplies. Chapter 4. The Return Home. The time has come to return home, and so you must travel out of the city and back to the Rad Bunker. Follow the same procedure as the Outward Journey, Chapter 2. Remember that you can scavenge car wrecks during your journey, so if you are short on your mission goal, then there's still a chance to fulfil it by searching cars, if you can get to them on the journey chart. Once you have travelled back, your mission is over, and you will need to assess how you have done. Refer to the mission section above. If your character survived, whether they were successful or not, then he or she gains a trait. Roll on the traits subcategories table, then select a trait. Now you must adjust your Rad Bunker roster. Cross a character out if they died, and remember that if 10 characters die, you failed the campaign. Also cross off the episode number and add any non-starting equipment you have gathered, such as weapons, to the equipment lockup. If possible, Keep these documents together in a folder or, if you have one, your Rad Zone Totality box so you can reference them next time and keep track of your campaign and the characters in more detail.
Season 2. Eventually, you will have completed a campaign folder with either 10 episodes or a total of 20 survivors. At that point, with the series complete, you can move all or some of your characters to a new bunker and start a second season. They do not take the equipment with them as the survivors in the old bunker need it. The rule of a maximum of 10 characters per bunker still counts and includes the characters you move across to the new bunker. Chapter 5 Two Player Rules The two player rules expand upon the solo player rule set. The basic mechanisms are exactly the same, except for some key changes. The journey to and from the city is perhaps the most notable change. Player Positioning Instead of sitting opposite each other in Razone Totality two-player mode, you sit beside each other. This is because you will be sharing sheets and sitting side by side makes this a far easier process. Setting up. Each player creates a character in exactly the same way as for the solo mode. Make sure you pick different characters or decide on being twins and adjust the name of one. Also, select different extra vigilant doubles from each other. Two-player missions. Missions for two players are slightly different and are listed below. Roll once on this table and write the same mission in the mission box on both character sheets. You are working together to achieve the same goal. Side missions are unaffected and you can only roll on one of these, as with the solo game. You will also see that with two-player missions, the consequences of failure can be more impacting. Very difficult missions. Similar to the solo options, you can choose to do a very difficult mission instead of a normal mission and thus up the ante. You can take a side mission during very difficult missions as well. Roll on the two player very difficult missions table below. The journey to and from the city. The biggest difference between solo play and two player mode is the journey to and from the city. The new large journey charts are used to replace the older smaller ones. Select two random large journey charts. The first large journey chart is stuck over the journey to and journey from section on the first player's episode sheet. And the second large journey chart is stuck over the second player's journey to and journey from section so that they appear as follows. Both players will be using the first large journey chart for the journey to the city and then share the second one for the journey home. Use a different colour pencil to track each character, e.g. red and green. Follow the same rules as set out in the solo rules, with the following exceptions. 1. For reference, columns become rows in the two-player journey charts because the charts are aligned vertically rather than horizontally. 2. Turn order is not set. Players decide between them who moves first on each turn. This is because the first player to move into a row encounters the event icons within range, and the players can decide between them who is best equipped to do so. But when a turn is over, both players will have to have moved. A player cannot take three consecutive turns, for example, before the other player moves. 3. You do not have to stay together when on the journey. Feel free to split up and explore or stay together and use the blocking mechanism to protect each other. 4. At the end of the turn, the players cannot finish on the same square but you can end on a square that the other player has previously travelled through. In this case, colour the other half that player's colour. 5. Event icons cannot be encountered twice and are encountered individually. This means that once 
one of the players has encountered a particular event icon, the other player cannot encounter it afterwards. Therefore, once an event icon has been encountered, draw a line through it to keep a track. If a player rolls under the number needed to encounter an event icon, so does not trigger it, that event icon is still active. The other player may encounter it still. 6. Sometimes you may need to write two sets of numbers on squares as the other player tries to avoid or trigger an icon and must count the squares. Make sure when writing numbers on the journey chart squares that you leave enough space for a second number. 7. You cannot encounter event icons in range on the other side of your companion player. This will only occur once you have entered the row and moved further along the same row while the other player is in that row. 8. When the first person reaches the end zone, they simply wait for the other player to arrive. 9. On the journey home, both players do not have to reach the end zone for the mission to be a success. However, if both players are still alive, they do have to carry on their journey to the end. Sewer shortcuts through manholes. In the two-player large journey charts, we have a new event icon called the manhole cover. Manhole covers. To encounter a manhole cover, you must land on the square. Also encounter any other event icons within range when you first enter the row. On the following turn, you appear at the corresponding manhole in a new location on the journey chart. So, if you enter at an A manhole cover, you then appear at the other A manhole cover on the journey chart. Color that space and encounter any other event icons within range of the new manhole cover. On the preceding turn, continue forwards. Going through a manhole cover may result in you appearing further back on the chart. You do not have to go down the manhole if you encounter the space and can just consider it an empty square. Two player timelines. Another change is how time is managed in the two player game. Sometimes an encounter will mean a player has to lose an hour, but seeing this is specific to the individual character, it seemingly only affects them. Yet, to keep the duo together, the player that is unaffected by the event must wait for their companion if they are to move forward as one. Therefore, any time delays experienced by a single player are recorded by both players on their own timelines. In a sense, you are penalised twice for one person's misfortune. If you are given the option to spend more time searching, which would result in losing an hour, then it is wise to carefully consider the situation and how many hours you have left. Importantly, this only applies to additional unplanned hours. But, by working together effectively, two players can combine observations and come up with plans and distractions much more quickly. Therefore, two-player games are not affected by the daylight stretch rules. Companions in two-player mode Companion effects and bonuses only affect their master, even if the players are next to each other on a journey or in a location. Two players in a location the larger maps provided with Razone Totality are designed for two players. They have two entrances, but two-player mode is still compatible with the smaller maps. All you need to do is add in another entrance. When doing this, make sure it is along the bottom of the map. Often, there is a second door on the outside, and if there isn't, draw it in. Try and keep it away from the higher number search spaces, as these are designed to take longer to reach and offer higher tier rewards. The example below shows an example of adding a new entrance. Scanning. Scanning is done the same way as it is for the solo rules, 
with these exceptions. 1. You cannot scan a space that the other player has already scanned. 2. You can move through the other player's scanned squares if they connect to your own. Any squares scanned by the players, as with the solo rules, cannot be changed. 3. You cannot re-enter the building via your companion's entrance. 4. If you're both in the same room, add one to your NPC encounters. Carrying resources. When a player finds resources, they write them on their episode sheet. But if that player should die, those resources are lost. When the players leave a location, they can redistribute the resources amongst themselves. This is particularly applicable if one of the players is near death. The combined total of resources counts towards the mission goal. Timelines when leaving locations. When leaving a location, the person with the highest number of hours on their timeline must bring their timeline hour total level with their companions if they are not level already. So, if player 1 leaves a building and their timeline reads 12, and player 2 leaves the same building and their timeline reads 14, player 2 will have to wait around for player 1 as they are out of sync. Player 2 will then have to deduct an extra 2 hours from their timeline as they wait around for their companion. Remember that the timeline keeps a record of how many hours are left before the character receives a lethal dose of radiation. Player death. One of the two players may well die during the mission. If this happens, then the surviving player continues on. The mission stays the same and the goal will be very difficult for one person alone to succeed. If a player should die, all of the objects they have collected are lost. Rules, Overview and Thoughts There are a number of elements to remember when playing Razzone Totality. Do not worry if you miss something. It doesn't null and void your session. We at DR Games do the same. It is easy to miss a double when your character is caught up in the action. In fact, we have found that it is more fun to embrace the narrative as you play and imagine yourself out there in the rad zone scavenging for supplies. But there are a number of reminders on the location sheet that can help you remember the different elements. We have tried to achieve a happy medium between the simple and the complex and hope that you feel we have achieved this. It was never our intention to overwhelm the player, but we did want a richness to the system that made it interesting and fun at the same time. With totality, we have added more NPC interactions because, after a year of Radzone, we had it confirmed that the characters in the new tortured world were interesting and we needed to bring them more into play. Also, we have been keen on introducing even more options and random elements to further enrich the replayability. Toby Lancaster talks about designing the game. When designing Radzone, it was always my intention to create a system that was mechanically strong. What I mean by this is a repetitive process that you could understand in moments and then apply with speed and efficiency. A system that would reveal a pattern of progress and a visual story. What I was delighted by was how it resulted in the colourful heat maps. So once I could track my progress through the space, I looked to combine it with a narrative, the turn to a number system I have known since my childhood thanks to fighting fantasy. Taking inspiration from this, I created a random nature to the Radzone adventures, so I strove to create multiple outcomes in the hope that each mission would be unique. Replayability and the campaign aspect are important to me as a designer and hopefully I've achieved this with Radzone Totality. The future. Eventually, it is said, the sun's rays will diminish 
and the radiation output drop. Only then will the people you save repopulate the world. The future of humanity is in your hands. We hope you enjoy playing Red Zone Totality. We would like to thank all the amazing people who backed us on the Kickstarter that made Rad's Totality a reality. We could not have done it without you. The future is bright. We will be releasing support material for Rad's Totality for the foreseeable future. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at GamesDRM to keep alerted to this release. We appreciate any support through social media as it helps spread the word and build our community. Don't forget to follow us at Kickstarter. Look up DR Games, click follow, and then you will receive an alert for when it goes live. We also have some other exciting projects coming, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you found it interesting, it would be wonderful if you could leave a review below. And if you're not subscribed already, it would be awesome if you could. There will be more RPG Rules readings very soon, so stay tuned.